Our next guest is Andrew Tablotny. Uh, he is a re- Richmond resident who lost his son from a drug overdose. He called our show yesterday as well. Uh, his son, Curtis, passed away uh, in December of 2022. The official cause of death uh, was a drug overdose. The unofficial one, according to Andrew, is the inadequacies of the psychiatric medical system in our province. He joins us now. Andrew, thank you for speaking to us today. Thanks, Chaz. Appreciate it. Uh, first and foremost, you're not necessarily against the, the the announcement yesterday. I think you're, you, from my sense of the the conversation yesterday, or brief conversation, was you'd like to see a lot more than just decriminalization occur. Correct. I mean, the problem is we're looking at two things. You're ta- two aspects. You're looking at hardcore users, and then you're looking at recreational users, or sometimes users. Like my son was not a regular user, but he used the drugs to try and quell the four voices that were speaking in his head. It was the only way he could get relief from them screaming at him and telling him to kill himself. Uh, so, there's, you know, there's, so there's different aspects or, or different people across the spectrum that we need to look at. Um, there, there, there's, you know, in the province, we've got different silos. People are, you know, there's, there's different groups that are out there trying to do things, but there's no overarching um, body that seems to be coordinating things. Um, you know, and one solution that we we had had a meeting with uh, Minister Whitehead uh, after my son's passing, and we said, you know, why aren't we using our pharmacists? Uh, you know, people trust your pharmacy; they know all the personal information about you. Uh, why aren't we having test strips there? We we issue Nor- Norcan Narcan uh, from there. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have drug test strips so that you know? So if the weekend warrior decides he's going to go do cocaine on the weekend, at least he could pop into the pharmacy, grab some strips, and make sure the stuff he's taking isn't going to kill him. I mean, it's not a, it's not a the, the be all and end all. And then, secondly, why not have a sign? You know, I spoke to a couple of pharmacists, and they thought it was a great idea. Have a sign that says, "Do you or a member of your family suffer from drug addiction or mental illness?" Talk to us, and they could have brochures that that, that have been vetted so that there's that, that people will know where to go, who to talk to. Uh, and not have to tr- search around the internet or wait wait for somebody to get back to them with a phone call or tell them where to go, which half the time wasn't where we needed to go. Mm-hmm. And did your son go to uh, detox facilities as well? Yes, he went. He went uh, three or four times, and and that's part of the problem too. Is they you know you, they you pay the money, mm-hmm. but they have a zero tolerance. So if you if you smoke a cigarette, they kick you out. So you know it it, it just it, it, it's not practical. If you're you know there's no drinking, no drugs, and no no smoking. Well. People fail. I mean, people people slip, and it is, it, you've got to look at that and 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 be, realize that that's a, an issue that they've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. I think you had mentioned uh, as well patient rights, and I understand where patient right comes from and privacy, but to a certain degree, as as a parent, it's got to be frustrating you who for you because you're wanting and trying to help, but sometimes you can't get all the information either. We had 500 people at my son's funeral, and we had it was an amazing number of people that came up. He said, "My brother, my dad, my kid, my uncle, my father, all you know, overdosed." And you know, we tried to help them, and we couldn't. Nobody would talk to us, and that's the problem. Is you know, at what point do we start saying that this is self harm, and we need to do something to step in and deal with it? I mean, you know, under the the Charter of Freedoms, they have absolute privacy, and and when you're dealing with somebody that's paranoid. Uh, and then they don't want you to talk to them. The doctors won't talk to you. So we would, you know, you've got family members that know them the best. They know uh, how they're reacting and when they're, when they're reacting. And they've, they've got, you know, a, a lot of information that could be dispatched to the doctors, but the doctors won't talk to you. They won't say anything. So there's got to be something between nothing and everything. You know, I'm, I'm sure that some of the people will say it's a slippery slope, but, you know, we, it hasn't worked so far. So maybe we need to do something. You know, I'm not, you know the government needs, maybe needs to look at a notwithstanding clause. To, to deal with mental illness and, and drug addiction, to help, you know, be able to facilitate um, 
other people's involvement in the process. Well, when you look at the impact, not just on this province, uh, but all throughout the, the West Coast, Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, uh, you're, you're hearing it across this country, uh, and it is a mix of, of COVID and economic situations that people have been through, it's a, it's a, and mental health and addiction, and the amount of fentanyl that comes into this country as well. And then you add in the issue of um, psychiatric challenges that are there as well. It's, 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 it's incredibly challenging. How long um, had Curtis been dealing with the issue of drugs and just dealing with the psychiatric challenges that he had before him? How many years was well, he it? Started, he started, it was typical for mental illness starts usually in the mid-20s. He was around 25, 26 when it started, but it took 10 years to get a diagnosis of schizoid affective disorder. You know, and we'd, he'd, he'd overdose and go to the hospital, and then they'd say, Oh, it's, he, we'd say he's hearing voice, and they say, no, no, that's just the drugs that are doing it. And so we believe the doctors. You assume that they know what they're talking about. And so for years, we, do, we just assumed he was doing drugs all the time when he was telling me, you know, hey, I'm hearing these voices. What, you know, what should I do? And, and we couldn't get anybody to help him. And then even when he does get help, it takes three months to see a psychiatrist, and then they see it once a month. And if he, you know, uh, and if, if he misses an appointment, then they leave him a voicemail and, and uh, figure he was going to come back, but there's no follow-through on them. Um, the whole system just needs to be looked at and revamped. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you would change? Would it be the, the, the issue of just getting pharmacists involved? That's the number one thing initially for you? Well, that's that's an easy fix. It's not very expensive, you know, um, to have test strips and the thing. I mean, how much? You know, I'm sure there's the cost of the test strips, but I mean, it's it's an easy distribution as opposed to having to go downtown, to, you know, to, to drive downtown or take a bus downtown to get your drugs tested. Um, you know, this that makes a lot a lot of sense. And and they and, and having the pharmacist be able to have information. We need we need to centralize the information so that there, it's accurate and current, so that people know what's going on in, in terms of you know because when you're when you're in crisis. You don't know where to turn, you know, and, and it's and because of the stigma, you can't, you know, phone up your neighbor and say, hey, my, my son's a drug addict. Can you tell me where we sh- I should go? You know, you're, you're dealing with, you know, it's 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 an issue. So we need accurate information that's easily readable, re- re- easily re- re- ready to be accessed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's the we just didn't have that. We go go one place, you go another, you go on the Internet. It's all over the place. And you, even when you talk to the specialists. Half the time, they didn't even know what they were talking about. And your GPs, they're, I mean, God bless them, they work hard, but they, I mean, they're just overworked and they don't have time to deal with mental illness. Especially my son, he had, he had a multimodal uh, thing. He had uh, bipolar, drug addiction, and, you know, a severe mental illness. And so doctors just throw up their hands because, you know, it's, it's a real challenge to deal with somebody like that. Yeah. And, you know, you know and, and they, when we talked to, we had a conversation with Minister Whitehead and some of her staff, and they said, yeah, that's a real problem is trying to get, services for those particular kinds of people. Yeah. Well, Andrew, uh, I really appreciate you making time today uh, and sharing uh, this story. I know it's not easy, but uh, I really do hope having this conversation does finally get head of government in the heading in the right direction. Thank you so much yeah. for your time today, Andrew. Okay. Thank you.